Thank you, ladies. What a great song for this time, even though here it seems like, well, especially here in the auditorium, the peace of Christ is very evident to me. Uh, yeah, and in our community, but you get out further than that, and there seems to be a lot of people with no hope and no peace. So thank you for that song. We are in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. For those that don't know, this is what we call the missionary barrel or mission barrel. And uh, thousands of dollars go through this barrel, come out of this barrel. Thousands of dollars. The uh, first time we used it, I believe, uh, was, uh, it was quite a few years ago. And it was to take up an offering for a church in Peru. And we had been down there, and I got to preach in a church there. Seth and Crystal were working in that church. And they needed to build a level, another level onto the church in order to have some Sunday school classes. And so they needed $12,000, and $12,000 came out of this barrel. It's a magical barrel. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars have come out of this barrel. It's, I, I know it's hard to believe. Even this year alone, over $50,000 came out of this barrel. If I asked you, do you want this barrel, every one of you would raise your hand, right? <laughs> Man, what a great barrel. Uh, it might surprise you that it is not, it is not a magical barrel. And it's not an antique. And it's cheaply made. I've been, I don't even know where I picked this up, but I remember grabbing it from someplace and it's the wires don't stay where they're supposed to. And I've always thought, I need to fix that. I need to prepare, uh, repair this barrel so it doesn't look and doesn't fall apart. Because if so much money is coming out of it, I don't want to lose this barrel. But uh, you say, the money, yeah, it comes out of the barrel. But where does it really come from? Well, I can tell you that it comes from the little kids. Because we have the mission barrel up here, and they fill it, these little kids fill it with money. And so it's coming from the little kids. Uh, no, you say, it's not coming from the little kids. It's coming from us, the givers. And because we give the money to the little kids, they go up to the mission barrel, and they drop it in. And uh, so it's coming from the givers. No, it isn't. That's not what Paul is telling us in, in a 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It is not coming from us. It is coming from God. That God's grace is poured out. And, God, and grace, this word means God giving us what we do not deserve. We do not deserve his grace. We do not deserve him coming down, leaving his throne, coming down, living on this earth, performing miracles, then dying, a death on the cross, 
We do not deserve that, but God did that. God's grace comes down upon us, flows through us, through the little kids, into the mission barrel, out of the mission barrel, to the missionaries, and then through them into the lives of those they are ministering and leading to Jesus Christ. You see where it begins? It doesn't begin with us. That's one reason why we might call this missionary barrel grace-giving. And often you will hear that. In the Old Testament, it was tithing. And they gave a 10% of a, a lot of their things, uh, their garden produce and, and their sheep and the, and the cattle. And they would give a 10% of all of these things uh, to the ministry at the temple or the tabernacle. But today we have grace giving. We might still call it a tithe. We're going to put in 10%, but usually we say tithe and it might mean well, I've set it up, I'm going to give 5% or I'm going to give 10% or I'm going to give 15%. A friend of mine who, uh, who started Minnesota Fabrics years ago, uh, he gave 90% and lived on 10%. And so whatever it is, and, but often it's just called a tithe. But today we call it grace giving. Today I'm calling it mission barrel giving. And that's what Paul is describing in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And he wants us to see what mission barrel giving looks like. What does it look like for us? So that maybe we leave here saying, I've got a little better understanding of what it means to write that check for church or to open my wallet for church. And uh, so hopefully you will learn something this morning or just be reminded of something this morning. What does mission barrel giving look like? Well, it looks a lot like this. You say, well, that looks suspiciously like a bridle. And that's because it is a bridle. And, uh, what it means to mission barrel giving is commitment. See, when a horse trusts you, even if it's just a little bit, you can take this bridle and hold it up to his mouth, and he will accept that bit in his mouth. And then you put this over his ears, and you adjust it to strap underneath his jaw, and, and he has that bit in his mouth. He is committing himself to the writer. That means where the writer wants him to go, he is going to go. What the writer wants him to do, he is going to do. He's committing himself to that. There are times when a horse will, will take the bit in his teeth, and that used to be a saying in the olden days. He'll take the bit in his teeth. What did that mean? That means if he could get his teeth onto that bit so that it's not on the tender part of his mouth and chomp down on it, then he didn't have to pay attention to the writer. What the writer couldn't. Eventually, though, he had to let that bit slip back in, and then he was committed again. I, I see Christians that live like this. 
Now, I live like that. There are times when I've taken the bit in my mouth and taken the control out from the reins, from the rider, uh, and I'll do my own thing. But it never turns out the way I want it to turn out. And missionary, mission barrel giving looks a lot like a bridle, like commitment. That's what he is saying here in uh, uh, verse 5. Because all of these other verses we've read revolve around verse 5. And this they did, not as we hoped. Now, I said not as they hoped. I mean, he's talking about, about churches that are sacrificially giving. But what he, mean, what he says there is much more than we hoped. I mean, we hoped it would be so, but it's so much greater than that. And why? But first, they gave their own selves to the Lord. So commitment begins by giving ourselves to the Lord. Uh, a mission barrel giving begins by giving ourselves to the Lord. That's what Paul is describing here. I know that the running world was shocked a few years ago when the winners, the lady winners of Boston and also of New York, there were different ladies, uh, they, they, uh, they won, they came across the finish line first, but they were both disqualified. Why? Because they didn't start at the starting point. They jumped in partway through, they raced to the end, and they won. Well, they were disqualified. They didn't win. Uh, grace giving or mission barrel giving begins at the starting point, giving ourselves to God, committing our, our lives to him. Now, if, if, if sometime you in your life you prayed and you prayed a little prayer that you found on the back of a track, and if you meant it, you became a child of God. But uh, when you did that, I hope that there was a commitment because what you're doing is saying, I I'm, I'm belong to you now, Lord. I know as a child there's not a lot of understanding about that, but that's what you're saying. Forgive me of my sin. Save me. I am yours. I'm a child of God. And so I've got to be committed to him. He holds the reins. He determines uh, the course of my life, and uh, he determines my eternity with him. But it begins here, and I circled first in verse 5, because I mark up my Bible. I circled first, and then a line gave their own selves to the Lord. First, I gave myself to the Lord. Then this mission barrel giving or grace giving can take place and not you will not be disqualified you start at the right place you give of yourselves now salvation is not complicated it's simple enough for little children to understand i was five when i understood i was a sinner and needed a savior somebody to save me somebody that could forgive me you know, my, my parents could say, I forgive you, Dave, but that didn't take care of all of my sin. Jesus had to forgive me of my sin. 
That's why Jesus says, suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven. And he said again, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter in. So it is not complicated, it is not hard work, lest any man should boast. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. And it's not exclusive, because he says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever, it doesn't matter. Uh, your age, you need to understand, be old enough to understand. It doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your color, it doesn't matter your, your background, it doesn't matter where you're coming from, whosoever. See, it's not exclusive. Uh, that's why he said, whosoever believeth in me. No, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So, uh, but it is exclusive in one way, because there's only one way to get to heaven, and that is through Jesus. One name under heaven given among men, whereby ye must be saved, and that is Jesus. So, uh, the uh, a barrel mission barrel giving is a lot like a bridal. It is commitment, uh, committing ourselves to Jesus. Then committing our resources to Jesus. This is kind of a, a, a more difficult. Uh, you know, sometimes I say that all the men that I baptize in the baptismal, uh, I want them to have their wallet in the pocket so he gets baptized too. Because that's the usually when they're baptized, uh, when Charlemagne ruled. And made everybody become Christians. You know, they, they didn't become Christians because he you know, commanded them to. But they, and then he baptized, wanted all to be baptized. So he marched them into the river to be baptized. And he had all of his soldiers hold their swords out of the water. So that when they went under, it wouldn't get baptized. Because they were going to use it for war. Well, now that didn't make any difference, but... Uh, you see, when it will, commitment means we give of ourselves and then we give of our resources. And that's what Paul is describing in this chapter. It's resource giving, but it begins with giving ourselves. Then we give our resources in spite of our circumstances. He's talking about the Macedonian churches, verse 1, and the churches of Macedonia. We know. Uh, of three churches there, Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. Now, there could have been some other churches in Macedonia by this time. Those are three that we know that were in Macedonia. But uh, then verse 2 says, How that in great trial of affliction, uh, of the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto riches of their liberality. Uh, you, you see what they're meaning there? The riches of God's grace is, has been poured into the churches of Thessalonica. And this is what it did. It turned trouble, or here it says great trial. What did it turn into? Because of the grace of God. It says uh, joy. Well, then deep poverty. Because of the grace of God, there in verse 1, the grace of God, uh, what did deep poverty turn into? Riches of their generosity or liberality. It made them generous, even though they were poor. 
deep poverty, they were able to be generous. Uh, God's grace shows up in the strangest places. Hope you realize that. It shows up when things are pretty hopeless. When things are great trials, God's grace shows up. When it is deep poverty, God's grace shows up. That's the hope that the ladies sang about this morning. The hope is the grace of God shows up at the strangest place, uh, times and the uh, strangest places, the church of Ma- churches of Macedonia, the poor people, the people living across the tracks used to be the saying. Uh, we always lived on the other side of the tracks when we were kids with eight kids that uh, And in our family, that's about the only place we could afford to live was on the other side of the tracks. Uh, But God's grace shows up there. Um, Commitment of our resources in spite of our circumstances. Commitment of our resources in spite of our prejudice. And believe it or not, we all have prejudices. We have prejudice. And we don't, I don't, I don't like to think that I do. I like to think I'm not prejudiced. Well, how did it, their giving, the churches of Thessalonica, what prejudice was there between the church? Oh, that's right. What church were they helping? They were receiving a collection for the church at Jerusalem. Now, the churches of Macedonia, they were Gentiles. The church in Jerusalem, they were Jews. Now, we don't know so much uh, you know, we can read this and not realize the animosity that there was between Jews and Gentiles of their day. It was terrible. And yet the churches of Macedonia, though they are poor, are giving to a church of Jews to help them. In spite of their circumstances, commitment. In spite of their uh, prejudice, commitment. So the mission barrel looks a lot like a bridal. Or commitment. The mission barrel looks a lot like a tennis ball. A tennis ball. If you have a dog, you know what I'm about to say. You know? Throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. Let me go get it. Let me, let me retrieve it. Come on, throw it, throw it. Yeah, let me be part. Let me be part. Let's play, let's play. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Throw it. Eagerness. Mission barrel giving looks a lot like eagerness here. And that's what um, verse 4 says, uh, praying us. The churches of Macedonia were praying us with much entreaty. Come on, come on, come on, uh, that we would receive the gift. We've got something to give you. We want to take part Uh, in this fellowship of ministering to the saints. Come on, let us in. Let us in. Let's go. Let us give. And uh, they were eager to give. Uh, that's That's like you. You can't wait to come to church so that you can stick your money in those boxes back there. Come on, come on. Come on, let's go, let's go. I want to get to church and put my offering envelope into the the box. Uh, Maybe not so much here, but it certainly was in the churches of Macedonia. They were eager to give voluntary, spontaneous 
giving, enthusiastic giving. Uh, it, it comes because first they gave of themselves. So it looks like a tennis ball, eagerness. Uh, we don't give, I don't give to church like I give to the IRS. And yes, I do have to give to the IRS. But I give differently. I am not excited about giving to the IRS. Now, if you give the same way, uh, well, if you give eagerly to the IRS, don't expect them to give eagerly back. But uh, you give to God, and he does give back. Uh, He blesses in many different ways. But uh, give eagerly. Lord, I, I want to help. Now, there are some other things that help us be eager that Paul is going to mention in these verses. But uh, give eagerly. We, I've heard it described that giving is a lot like Flint. Some people give like Flint. Uh, I don't know if you, if you're ever in, in uh, Scouts, but uh, there you take a piece of uh, Flint and uh, take a piece of steel and you spark uh, into steel wool or into something really dry and the at least the theory is it will start a fire and you can blow on it but you have to strike steel against flint and all you get are sparks and bits of flint uh, so there's that kind of giving that you've got to be beat <laughs> to give uh, I never want to be a pastor that has to beat up the the church family, in order to give. Uh, That's not grace giving or mission barrel giving. Then there's the type of giver that's a sponge. And and so the grace of God comes into the sponge and fills the sponge. And then you, when the sponge is pressured, then it flows out. I don't want to be that kind of a pastor either, that I'm going to pressure you to give because we have needs or this is happening and we're panicking and, and, oh, man, if you don't give, uh, we're going to go down, we're we're going to sink. And and I pressure you. And I've I've been places where where, uh, churches have been pressured to give. I've visited places like that. Then there's the third type of giving. When we were kids, we had two white boxes that sat out on the edge of the, uh, close to uh, the horse barn, but on the edge of the property. And in those white boxes, there were thousands of bees. And every fall, dad would go in there with a net over his head and he would go in there in gloves and he would separate those beehives from the honeycomb and then he would take those and he'd put the it'd leave some in there for uh, there while they were transported a guy picked them up and took them to California and then he would come back in the spring and bring them back but we focused on that honeycomb and dad would take uh, a, a knife and cut out that honeycomb and divide that honeycomb up into uh, pieces. 
and give all eight of us kids a piece of that honeycomb. And if you, I know the oaks, they take care of bees, and so they, they know what I'm talking about. But, you know, when Dad would put that piece of honeycomb in our hand, the honey just flowed out. It didn't take any whacking with a flint. It didn't take any pressure like a sponge. It just flowed out all over us. And so by the end of the evening, normally it was evening when we did this, we had honey all over us because it just came out naturally. That is grace giving. That is mission barrel giving. Uh, eager, eager giving here. Now, the mission barrel looks a lot like two pence. Well, they're pennies, really. I couldn't find pences. But two copper coins is what it says. Uh, do, you re- do you remember anything in Scripture about two copper coins? And Jesus is with his disciples, and they're watching people give, in, uh, give their offerings into the offering box as they're walking into the temple. And they're all, you know, the, the uh, important people and the big people are are uh, stuffing all kinds of cash in the box and looking around, making sure everybody was watching. And then uh, along comes this widow, and she drops in two mites. Uh, I can imagine the disciples thinking, a lot of help that's going to do. A lot of good that's going to do. And Jesus said, hey, wait a minute. That lady gave more than all the rest. Because they gave because they had lots. And she gave the last that she had. Now, we don't know the rest of the story, if we listen to Paul Harvey. But, in my mind, this is what happened. That's only in my mind, and my mind's a little warped, I know. Uh, But this widow goes on down the street, and she's walking down the street thinking, that's it. I'm going to starve to death. And a a, a vendor along the road said, hey, hey, uh, ma'am, ma'am, could you come and watch my shop? For a, a few minutes, I have an important meeting I need to get to, and, and the helper didn't show up. Would you come and watch the shop? And, and so she said, well, I have nothing else to do. And he says, oh, and while you're waiting, you can eat some of those apples, and you can eat whatever you feel like, but I've got to go. And so he goes, and he comes back and says, uh, and she says, well, I sold this, this, this. Wow, really? Hey, could you show up tomorrow? Could you, you show up the next day? Now, that's just in my mind. That isn't in Scripture. But mission barrel giving is a lot like two pence you give sacrificially. Sacrificially. Not just with eagerness, not just because of commitment, but because it's a sacrifice. Uh, You know, if you say, well, I I could put in $10. That wouldn't hurt. Well, if it doesn't hurt, don't put it in. (laughs) <laughs> every time when I write a check to the church it kind of hurts and I'm thinking 
We've got this and this and this and this. But this is what I've told God I'm going to give. And so it's going to hurt. It's going to be a sacrifice. That's what sacrifice means. It's going to hurt. Jesus became our example, didn't he? And he sacrificed his, and I think you talk about his life, not just on the cross. He sacrificed his life when he left his throne, came down his, here to this earth, and he ministered to people. He made the blind see. He made the lame walk. He, he uh, healed those that were possessed with demons, and he, he fed those that were hungry and, and had no food. He took care of those. He even raised some that were dead. He, he sacrificed. He became the example of service when he was on this earth, even when he was tired. You know, we, we begin Awana this Wednesday. I said I would say a little more about that. Uh, uh, and we, we have a great opportunity. Awana is where the kids learn verses, and some of them come to know Christ, and they... Uh, it's just a great children's program. Can you imagine how I felt when I found out that we don't have enough workers? So if uh, the discussion was, do we limit the class size because we don't have people to sit and listen to kids say their verses? <gasps> how can that be? How can that be in a, in a church our size that we have to limit uh, the size of our groups, and, and not because of COVID, but because nobody's there to listen or to help the leaders. And I thought, oh, man, well, I know what I can do. I can help. I mean, I usually just sit in here and listen to uh, the challenge that's given by the one that brings the, the win, uh, uh, Wednesday night uh, challenge in the auditorium, and, and I'm not doing it, I can go help. I can do that. And that way, maybe four more kids could, become, could come into the, uh, into the Awana program. I was, uh, I was a little, I was surprised that uh, I heard about 30 people that helped last year couldn't, had something that they made it so they couldn't work with the kids. And I bet that there are people in this auditorium that would say, well, I can help. You don't have to be the leader. You don't have to preach. You don't, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to listen to kids say verses. And I'm going to tell little Johnny, hey, don't hit Susie. You know, I, I can do that because I'm a dad. Don't hit Susie. That's not nice. And I don't even have to study for that. And you don't have to study to help in Awana. Christ is our example. Uh, verses 5 through 9 is, is this. But uh, verse 9, we'll just skip to there. Uh, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich, so that you can work in Awana uh, because Christ fed the 5,000 
You, you, no, you didn't see that in there, right? so if you weren't following along, it's not talking about awana there, but it is talking about sacrificial giving of ourselves. In this case, it is financially. Uh, uh, mission barrel giving is making some sacrifices, maybe foregoing some things that you would like. You know, maybe you'd, you want to just drop your kids off here and go to a movie. Well, I, I'm sure that would be enjoyable for you, but is that sacrificial giving? Uh, whatever it might be, they gave, uh, Jesus gave of himself, we give of ourselves. Why? So that we can give to others. Uh, we had this in chapter 5 uh, of Second Corinthians, verse 15, and, and that he died for all, that they which live, that's us, should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So his grace is poured out upon us to give us eternal life so that we can serve and we can give to him. So it looks a lot like three pence here. Uh, Verses 7 and 8 said they gave their love. The churches of Macedonia, they gave their love, their love for Christ. And uh, he's surprised that he has to remind the church at Corinth that they promised to give. Uh, They gave sacrificially. Um, Jesus gave sacrificially. Christian barrel giving or mission barrel giving looks a lot like this is a ring. This is a, a little different in that it is a promise ring. Now, we bought this out in South Dakota. It's made of uh, Black Hills gold, and it's called, we call it a promise ring. We gave these rings to our daughters, Heather and Amanda, and, uh, and they gave us, with this ring, gave us a promise that they would remain pure for their husbands. And so we had that, we just made it a special thing. And uh, so they wore this, and then at the wedding, uh, the weddings, they gave their promise ring to their husband at the wedding time because they had remained sexually pure for their husband. And so it's a promise Grace-giving or mission-barrel-giving has something to do with promise. The church at Corinth promised they were going to take up an offering. And then they forgot all about it. And Paul is writing this letter, 2 Corinthians, second letter to them, writing to them and saying, you promised, now willingly give for this offering. And, and they want him to do it willingly, not to be forced. Uh, Mark Twain said this. He, he said, uh, the giving or the, the, the uh, taking the offering at some churches was so sickening by the long appeal that he not only did not give the, thing, the money that he planned, but he took, the, he took a bill out of the offering plate. Now, 
I, I believe he probably could have done that. I, I don't know. But God sees the heart when we give. And, and we make promises, Lord, I'm going to, I'll do this. Get me out of this mess and I won't ever. And, and he wants, he sees the heart. And when he sees us, I wish, Lord, I could give more. This is all I can give. Then he gives, he records that as more. You give, uh, uh, drop in a $20 bill into the slot out there, and you say, oh, oh, that's a 20? I thought it was a 10. You know what you get recorded as? A 10. That's all what you intended to give, not the 20. Um, Grace giving looks a lot like a pillbox, but we're not going to look at that. But it's every day he provides. He quotes uh, verse uh, 15. He's, he's referring to the Old Testament when Israel was in the wilderness. Um, As it is written, he that hath gathered much hath nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. God took care of their needs. Didn't matter. The manna. They always have food the next day. That's like a pillbox. You don't hoard those pills that are in the pillbox. You take them each day. You don't get greedy and take two days at one time, or you get sick, probably. Uh, It's just every day. God gives us every day so that we can give back to him in all kinds of different ways. And so uh, Mission Barrel Giving is a lot like that, as Paul's description. Read through that and think of these objects and, and see how they relate. In Israel, there are two bodies of water. One of them is surrounded by green and trees, and uh, they fish out on it, and they, they have villages all around it. It's a beautiful body of water, it's the Sea of Galilee. The second body of water that they have is the Dead Sea, and it is just barren wilderness around it, and uh, salt, dry, and the difference between the two is one receives water into it, and it flows out in the Jordan River. The other receives and never gives, and that's the Dead Sea. Kind of a description of grace giving or mission barrel giving. God's grace pours in. It needs to come out in some way in our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Help us to understand that We can be like the churches of Macedonia and just be eager to help and eager to give of ourselves and and give uh, of whatever we might have, help in some way, rather than the church at Corinth who made promises, talked big, but didn't give. Lord, I, I pray, I thank you for this church, first of all, for the blessings that they have been to us all of these years. Thank you for their faithfulness, their care uh, of all those in this church and missionaries all around the world. Thank you, Lord, for that. What a privilege to serve you here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.